Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna, Parshas Tetzaba, Parshas Zohar, leading up to Purim. This week's learning should be as Chus for Fushlem, for Chanamash, Bas Vilcher, Ratz, Bas Rochel, Shmuel Shezam, Ben Chevechava, Menachem Mordechai, Ben Ophira, Michaim, Ben Sara, and Leonishmas, Heni, Bas Yechiel, Mechel. This week we're going to lane Parshas Zohar, and we know that Parshas Zohar is possibly the only laning of the year that is midaraisa that we're biblically biblically obligated to lane and so there's obviously a very important message in parsha zohar and we know that the whole the whole mitzvah of purim the whole yantiv of purim is this war against amalek so we know we're going into shabbos now where we're going to lane about destroying amalek and we and, and purim is all about uh, destroying amalek we have to understand nowadays we don't have the mitzvah of going to war against amalek we don't know exactly which people are amalek even it's the it's the ideology the theories uh, of what Amalek tries to inflict on the Jewish people that we're fighting against. And so we need to understand uh, a little bit about that. So this is based on a uh, uh an idea that I heard from my Rebbe uh, several years ago, um, and uh, I, I think this this explains to us a little bit about what this war against Amalek is. So we know that in the in the Megillah, when we read the Megillah in Parak Hay, Pasuk Yud Gimel, we have a statement that Mordechai, that uh, that Haman makes about Mordechai that seems shocking. That seems really shocking, and er, er, and we always wonder about Haman's perspective. The events that lead up to this pasuk are Esther invites Haman along with the king to a to a to a suda, and Haman goes to the first suda, and and I mean he's really he's at the top of the world. He's the richest man in the kingdom. He's the only one that's dining with the king and the queen alone. And Haman leaves the party, and he's very happy. The pasuk tells a few pesukim earlier in pasuk test. He's very happy, right? When Haman sees Mordechai in the king's gate, he doesn't get up for him, he doesn't move. And then, uh, Haman's filled with anger. And he goes home, and he tells his wife and his and his, and his his friends, and he says, every, oh, he, in pasuk Yudalav, Haman tells him about his great wealth, and his many children, and and every and how the king has elevated him, and even he goes on to say, even how Esther only brought him; there was nobody else brought to the party. And then Haman says the shocking pasuk in pasuk Yud Gimel: shavali." None of this is worth anything to me. Yet all this means nothing to me. Whenever I see Mordechai Yehudi sitting in the Sharmelech. And it always seems a little bit funny. Like Haman has everything. Every other Jew even is bowing down to Haman. There's one Jew who's not bowing down to Haman. And this somehow, he says, it's a shocking language. Everything I have, he just described all his wealth, his family, all the great things, his honor, his, his elevated position in the kingdom. And he says it's all worth nothing to me. Now, maybe we can understand if Haman said, you know, uh, it bothers me, it's upsetting, but everything is not worth anything because one Jew doesn't bow down to me. So we really need to understand. So what's what, 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 what's going on here is this is the Haman, the Amalek uh, uh, way of looking at things. They always focus on what's missing and not what's good, right? Despite his vast wealth and his power and his family, Mordechai not bowing down to him somehow is the only thing he can focus on and makes his life feel worthless. And that is Amalek's power. Amalek's power is to inflict that same mindset on themselves and onto the Jewish people. Right? When, when, when the Jewish people were going to read Parsha Zohar the Shabbos, when Amalek attacked the Jewish people in the Midbar, how is it described? 
The Pasuk tells us, Asher karcha baderech, that they, uh, that they happened upon you on the way. By Yazanid Bechokal, and Achshalim, Acharech, and they struck you, the ones who were the most, the most in the back, and you were tired, and you were, and you were, uh, you were faint, and you didn't fear Hashem. Asher karcha baderech, Rashi explains, what does it mean they happened upon you on the way? So Rashi quotes a Medrash Tanchuma that says it's a lushen of coldness. Rashi says that the other nations were afraid of the Jewish people after all the miracles that happened in Mitzrayim, and and uh, and Rashi gives the marshal that it was it was like uh, you have a hot bath, right? That nobody can go into it, and one person goes and jumps in, and there it cools it off for everybody else. That was that was what Amalek did when the Jewish people were in the midbar; they were untouchable, and Amalek cools it off. But we can explain this also that Amalek cooled cooled us off. From on the way to doing something great, right? You were on the way to do something great, and Amalek cooled us off. They injected a coldness into our psyche. They convinced us that Hashem no longer loves us. They, 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 that was the idea that Amalek was trying to was trying to instill in us. You think you're so special. You think Hashem has your back. You think Hashem loves you and is taking care of you. Hashem's not so interested in you. That's the coldness, right? What, what the Jewish people left Mitzrayim. This is a moment. This is a moment of greatness and. Jewish history, they're on their way they're on their way to uh, to Kabbalah Satoira, they're on the way to Eretz Yisrael, and Amalek comes in and introduces this coldness. Don't be so excited about Hashem, Hashem's not so worried about you. As a matter of fact, when Haman argues to Achashverosh that he wants to kill the Jewish people, what's the language that he uses? This is in the Megillah in Paragimel Pazachet, it says, What did Haman say to King Achashverosh? Yeshnoi am echad, there's a certain people, Mephuzah uh, Mephuzah, they're separated, by Amim, right? Yeshnoi, Yeshnoi, which literally means there is a certain people, but the Medrash in Esther Rabbah says, Haman was saying, Yeshna is from the language of Yashan. Their God is asleep, right? Their, their, their God is asleep. That Hashem's not interested in them anymore. And as a matter of fact, if we go back, I, I just quoted to you the Ashakar Chabaderach is from what we're going to read this week in Parshas, in Parshas Zachar. But if you look back to the original story, at the end of Parshas Beshalach, the story of Amalek attacking the Jewish people begins in Parsh B'Shalach, Perak Yud Zion, Pasuk Ches. But the Pasuk right before that, the Pasuk right before that, after the whole question of the, the Jewish people complained to Moshe that they didn't have, they didn't have water, the Pasuk says, Vayikrashem Maka Masa Mariva, so he called, Moshe called the place Masa Mariva, Ariv B'nei Yisrael, because of the, the fight of, with the Jewish people, Hashem, because they tested Hashem, Lamar, what did they say? These are the last words leading up to Amalek's attacking. Hayesh Hashem im ayin. Is Hashem amongst us or not? The Jewish people had a thought, is Hashem amongst us or not? The very next words in the Torah are, that Amalek came and attacked the Jewish people and did, waged war with the Jewish people in Rafidim. This thought is what Amalek tries to put into us. Is Hashem with us or not? Haman says to Achishverosh, their God is asleep. But he wasn't just saying it to Achishverosh, he was trying to convince us. Hashem is asleep. Hashem is, he wanted the Jewish people to ask, Hayesh Hashem bekerbenu emayim, is Hashem with us or not? Amalek, Amalek and Haman, they don't, they're not trying to convince us to be apikarsim, to be atheists. They just want us to not be confident in our relationship with Hashem. They want to in, introduce doubts into our confidence in whether Hashem is with us. The, the gematria of Amalek, is 240, and so is the gematria of Suffolk, doubt. That's Amalek, what, what Amalek wants to do. They don't want us to believe that Hashem cares about us. And when we start to listen to the Amaleki voice in our heads, and we have those doubts, then a person can't daven. 
right? Because davening, davening means I have to know that I'm standing in front of Hashem, that, I, that Hashem listens to me, that Hashem cares about me, and therefore I daven to Hashem. I tell Hashem what's on my mind. I ask Hashem for the things I need. I, I, I daven for my relationship with Hashem. But if I have doubts about that, if I have doubts in Amunah, if I have doubts, so davening becomes almost impossible. If I'm not confident in that, that's what Amalek wants to do. He wants to take away our power of, of, of tefillah. He wants to take our power of Amunah and knowing our relationship with Hashem. With Hashem. He tells us, God is no longer interested in you. Rabbi Nassim in Lakutei Halachas explains that Haman was reminding the Jewish people, you know, we know the Gemara in Megillah tells us, on Daf Yudalev, that Belshazzar and Achashverosh, they both had cheshboinus of when Hashem promised that the Golis, after the first base of Israel was destroyed, would last for 70 years. And they all had cheshboinus that the 70 years had passed. They made calculations, the 70 years passed. Haman was trying to remind them of this. Hashem forgot about you. Yes, he promised he would redeem you after 70 years, but he's sleeping. He doesn't care about you anymore. He doesn't love you any, any, anymore. And that's what Amalek was trying to do in the Midbar. They were, the Jewish people were going to do something great to take the Torah and build the base Hamigdash in Eretz Yisrael the way you were on the way to do something great uh, Haman says Amalek says I need to instill doubts I want to I want to instill doubts because if I instill doubts then the Jewish people won't be able to daven they won't be able to do anything and, and that's when that's where I have their vulnerability that I can exploit and attack them and get rid of them you know, we've all had situations where we're davening for something for a long time. We're davening for somebody to have a refuah, or for a parnasa, or for a shidduch, and it doesn't, and, and it seems like we've been davening for so long, and we haven't been answered. And we know that the longer that goes on, it sometimes can make it more difficult to daven, because doubts creep into our heads. But that's a mulik, that's haman. Mordechai is the antidote to Haman. Mordechai is the one that sends Haman into this tizzy, into saying, it's not worth anything to me. Why? Because Mordechai is the embodiment of davening. Mordechai, Mordechai we know is called Mordechai He's called Mordechai, the son of Yor, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish, Ishimini. Now the Gemara already deals with why we have all these names. Why do why do we have all these uh, all these different uh, all the all these different names? We don't usually trace somebody back all the way. And the Gemara says if you're going to trace back his lineage, so trace it all the way back to Binyamin. So why do you just mention these people? Yair, Shimi, and Kish. So the Gemara says they were all telling us things about Mordechai. Ben Yoir, Ben Sheheir, and Emshin Shlobat Tfilasa. He enlightened the, Jew, the eyes of the Jewish people through his prayer. Ben Shimi, Ben Shishamas Tfilasa. He's called Ben Shimi because a son whose prayers God listened to. And Ben Kish, and what does it mean, Ben Kish? Shehikish, he knocked Al Shari Rachim on the gates of mercy, and they were open for him. So we see that all of these names, Ben Yoir, Ben Shimi, Kish, all point to the fact that Mordechai was the embodiment of davening. Mordechai had the Koyach of Tefillah. Everything was about the Koyach of Tefillah. And Mordechai and Esther were the essence of Emunah. They were the antidote of Haman. Haman is trying to instill coldness and giving up and doubts into the Jewish people. Mordechai and Esther are the antidote because they say, no, more davening, more Emunah. That's the way that we that we respond to Amalek. You want to know how? We're going to land Parsha Zohar this week. You want to know how we, we fight Amalek, we fight Haman, which is the, putting in this idea where Haman can make a statement with everything that he had, how does a Jew fight that from creeping in? We all, we've all had moments of that where we have so much good in our lives, but something goes wrong, and that's all we can focus is on what's wrong. That's Amalek, that's the Amalek's war against us. We have to fight that. Mordechai and Esther come to teach us that it's it's with davening and with and with Emunah that we fight that. The Gemara in Saitan Daf Mem Ches tells us that 
Kishkar Beis Hamikdash, when the basement was destroyed, Pasku Anche Amana, men of faith were 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 lacking. They were no longer men of faith. And the question is, what does that mean? There were no more men of faith. So Reb Tzadik Hakoyin explains that it's because we felt that that due to our averas, Hashem no longer cared about us. Not that we didn't believe in God. Of course, there were people still had faith, but we 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 lost that ability. We saw that Hashem destroyed us, and Hashem was upset with us. We felt that Hashem no longer cared about us. Haman Haman argued to us. This was what Haman ar- argument was, and this is what the avoda of this Shabbos parsha Zohar to remember this and to fight against this. And Purim, the whole Purim is that. Haman argued to us that Hashem could no longer love you. After everything you've done, you, Hashem can no longer love you. Haman was trying to take away our amuna in ourselves. But the, the answer of Parsha Zachar, the war of, uh, against Amalek and of Purim is that a Jew has to know that even though our, it's true, our Averis, anything we do, when we do something wrong, it causes all kinds of, of, of destruction and it causes all kinds of damage in Shemayim. But we have to know that Hashem, that the Shekhinah, that, that, that Hashem's guidance of our lives, that divine providence never abandons us even momentarily, right? We, in general, most of our crises in Amuna are not our, that we don't believe in Hashem. We don't believe we don't believe that Hashem cares about us. We believe that it is Hashem, but why would He care what I have to say? But we have to know that Hashem cares about even the lowest Jew, just as He cares about the greatest Jew. That's 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 the battle against Amalek, and that's the avoid of Purim. And the the Samar Rebbe used to say, you know, we, we have him, a lot of the shuls have it in front, and it's the first halacha and shulgarach. Shivisi Hashem lenegdi summit. We have to always have in mind that Hashem is shivisi Hashem lenegdi summit. Literally means that we have to be aware, conscious that Hashem is always in front of us. But he said that shivisi is also from this lashon that 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 uh, that Haman used. Calls an enishavali. This is not worth anything to me. Shivisi. I have to know that my life is worthwhile. While when Hashem is before me, always I have to know this without doubt. I have to know shivisi. VC that if, as long as I'm I, I, as long as as long as Hashem is before me, as long as I'm connecting to Hashem, as long as I'm trying, my life is worthwhile. Tamid, Shavisi Hashem lenegdi tamid, Shavisi, it's worthwhile. Hashem lenegdi tamid. It's it's a tremendous uh, idea that we have to always remember. Not like Haman argued, not like Amalek argued that 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 Hashem doesn't care about us. And as a matter of fact, if you don't if you don't believe me that that this is the essence of of Parsha Zohar and and Purim, the Rambam in his introduction to Targi Mitzvah says that the essence of Purim. It, what is the essence of Purim? The revelation that Hashem listens to our tefillahs, that Hashem is unquestionably in our lives. Even in Golis, even in exile, even with terrible decrees against us. The Jews were facing terrible decrees. They thought that they, they, there was going to be no redemption. They thought they were about to get killed. Mordechai and Esther introduced the antidote to Amalek is to remember that you can always daven, you can always have a moon and believe in yourself, not just a moon in Hashem, but believe in yourself. It's not true what Amalek says. Coldness has no place. There's no room for doubt. Davening is never unanswered. Hashem always cares about us. Hashem always loves us. Sometimes He has to punish us, but He still always loves us. And there's no question about that. And if we have that, Shavisi Hashem Negdi Samid, that that's how we go into Parsha Zachar and to Purim and to eradicate, eradicate Amalek from our lives and Haman from our lives, the in, internal Amalek voice in our heads. And that'll lead us from Purim. We go straight to uh, to, to Pesach. We go from Geula to Geula, and we'll see the Geula Amitis Ben Herb Yemenu. I wish you all a great Shabbos and a Freilich and Lichtigen Purim.